0: Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Amen. Let's give Jesus one more hand, clap of praise in the house. How many of y'all, real quick, before we dive into the word today, uh, how many of y'all were here last Sunday? Just wave your hand at me. How many of y'all enjoyed Pastor Rod last Sunday? Amen. Can we give him a hand? You know, just real quick. uh, So uh, thank you for the opportunity, me and my family. We we took last Sunday, uh, last weekend, and we just had a family weekend. We had a getaway. Amen. It's just good to get away with the family every once in a while. Uh, I'm sorry to all the... uh, fans in the house besides Alabama fans we went and watched the, the tide roll last uh last weekend and and that's, yeah I'm not trying to turn it into a football day or anything like that but uh had a great weekend I was going to have church with my dad and uh come to find out he was I, I was going to just surprise him because here's the thing if I tell my dad if I tell my dad dad I'm coming to have church with you if I give him a heads up that's more than one day uh guess what he does you're preaching, and I was like, "No, I'm not going to even tell him I'm coming." So, uh, but come to find out, he was preaching pastor appreciation for another church. And so, guess what I did? I watched uh, the Forward Church live stream nine o'clock, and it was it was awesome. It was a blessing. So, shout out to our tech arts team back there uh, for our, how many of y'all appreciate our tech arts team back there? Amen. Uh, I know I'm asking you to, to clap your hands a lot this morning, but how many of y'all, the kids, this morning, up here on the platform, kids and our students, man, isn't that awesome? I saw a uh, multi-generational uh, ministry taking place in the house this morning, from worship to first impressions. The ushers, how many of y'all noticed a few uh, ushers that was taking up the offering this morning? I uh, enjoyed that. Um, you know, one of the eight atmospheres of our church—we've already alluded to this—but i just want to set the, the, the stage this morning for for the uh, for the word. One of the eight atmosp- atmospheres, uh, and if you don't know what that is, it's sort of like our core values. What what are what's the atmosphere? What's the culture? You know, culture is something that you feel it and you see it, but you can't quite, you know, you don't you don't all the ways you you can't quite define it or. You know, it's just those undefined things that you just come in and you just like, man, something's different here, or, or there's, there's an atmosphere here, or there's a culture here that I can't quite put my finger on. And so one of those core values here at Ford is that we want to be a generational church. We, uh, we honor the ones before us, and we inspire the ones behind us. So if you're a seasoned saint in the house this morning, if you are Ford Legacy senior adult in the house this morning we honor you we honor you i honor you from the platform today um i just want to take a moment and say we wouldn't be here we wouldn't be where we are this church would not exist in the way that we do today had, had it not been for your ministry your prayer all those chicken dinners come on somebody that you sold to to help this church get to where we are today but also know that there's a generation coming up behind us that we need to inspire that we need to pour into and that we need to make sure we're setting up to be successful we need to live today like Jesus is coming back at any moment but we need to plan like he's coming back a hundred years from now we need to live like he's coming back today but we need to plan like he's coming a hundred years from now and so we have to set each generation up for success And so we want to be a generational church. And then you say, pastor, is that in the word? It it most definitely is. And I could have used a lot of different texts today, but I'm going to use a text out of the book of John. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to the book of John chapter six. I'm going to read 14 verses of scripture today. Verse one through 14, if you will, for the honor of the word of God, can you just stand as we read our main text today? John chapter six, beginning with verse one. And if you have it, say, I have it got it. If not, it's up on the screen. And it says this, after these things, Jesus went over to the sea of Galilee, which is the sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. Jesus went about, he he healed. I just want to pause right there for a moment. You know, they were singing They were singing that last song, Shout Jesus, you know I just speak the name of Jesus. One of the lines in that song says, I know there is peace within his presence. I know there is peace within his presence. I I went back in my mind in the middle of that song went back to when Jesus was on the boat with the disciples and the storm was raging. And I I got to, I got to, to pondering that in my, I, I do that a lot during worship. I ponder scripture in worship. You know, just because there's a storm raging in your life doesn't mean that God is not there. Peace within his presence doesn't mean an absence of storms. It just means that you can have peace in the midst of your storms. And I know the miracle worker that can calm the storms in your life. Jesus went performed, uh, and Jesus went up on the mountain, verse 3, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near, then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, and I love what Jesus does right here. I I do this a lot with my staff, I'm just playing. Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he was, he already knew what he was going to do. He just looked at Philip. He wanted to know what Philip was going to say. Verse seven, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have just a little bit. But one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there's a lad, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish but what are they among so many even even this disciple right here could not help but give his opinion of the situation even though jesus was right there the miracle worker who may have witnessed performed so many miracles he still couldn't help but just interject his opinion in this situation it's like but what are they among so many then Jesus said, "Make the people sit down." And now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number of about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them. Notice the order: Jesus gave thanks, he distributed them to who, the disciples, and then the disciples to those who were sitting down. And likewise the fish as much as they wanted so they didn't just have a little they had what as much as they wanted they had more than enough so when they were filled he said to his disciples gather up the fragments that remain the leftovers so that nothing is lost therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten then those men when they had seen the sign that jesus did said this is truly the prophet who has come into the world today what i'm going to do is i'm going to bring you a message that we've talked about before but i want to bring you a fresh message fresh recipe i guess of a uh, a fresh batch of an old recipe titled generational synergy generational synergy will you pray with me god i love you i thank you for this day I praise you, God, for this opportunity to share your word to your people. God, I don't take this lightly. I pray your anointing upon my lips, God. Let everything I say, everything I do, let it be ordained by you, God. Nothing more, nothing less. Let it pierce the hearts of this congregation today that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, God, let the seed that's scattered, let it fall on fertile soil, God. What I'm asking is that you prepare the hearts, God. Of every single person in this house to be open and receptive to Your Word, and God, I don't want a single one of us leave here today the same way we walked in. And well, I'll be quick to give You all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, high five two or three people and get to tell them get ready. You know, what, what is, let me answer a question this morning. What is Synergy? I posted uh, two or three posts on Facebook this, this, this week, and I said, this Sunday is, is Synergy Sunday. And I actually seen a comment this morning on, on one of my posts, and I didn't really have time to respond because it was right up leading up to church time. Somebody said, what is Synergy? What is Synergy? So I want to I answer that question this morning. What is Synergy? Synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of the separate effects. And I know that's a mouthful, but let me break that down this morning. So basically, if you have two separate organizations, two separate groups, two separate substances, two separate things, and they're trying to accomplish something and they're trying to, to work in, in separate ways to accomplish that, whatever they're trying to accomplish. The sum of both of those will not uh, be more than what could take place or what could happen if both of them would come together and work together in order to accomplish that same thing. So the sum of separate people working together or working separately is not more than what could take place if they would come together and focus on the mission. What does this mean? It means instead of making each generation feel like they're not valued in this church, hear this pastor today. When I say the skills, the gifts, the talents of every generation working together is what this world needs in order to see a true demonstration of the kingdom of God. What this world is longing for is a demonstration of the kingdom, whether they realize it or not. What this world is longing for is something of substance, something that will actually satisfy them and fill them. And what they're, what they're partaking of today is only going to satisfy them for a season until they actually see a demonstration of the kingdom in their life. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the only way they're going to see a true demonstration of the kingdom of God is for a kingdom-minded church to be who God has created her to be and come together and quit sitting here causing... The the enemy wants to divide us. The enemy wants to keep us divided. The enemy wants to keep us separated. The enemy wants to keep exploiting our differences and put definitions on the church and try to define the church. But I've come to tell somebody the culture can't define the church. It's time for the church to stand up and just be who God created her to be which is the true bride of christ and a demonstration of god in these last days we need to be the kind of house where everyone is valued and has a seat at the table the young the old the black the white the asian the no matter what socioeconomic level the the billionaire and the welfare coming together to accomplish the same thing there is something very significant going on in the world today and I pray for a church, I pray that Forward Church would have eyes to see and ears to hear what God and in, in His Holy Spirit is desiring to do in the world. We need the special wisdom and knowledge of the Spirit to know what we ought to do in these days. What I'm saying is, is the world has seen enough of man-made wisdom. The world has had enough of 10 steps to a better you. The world ha- has got... All kind of access to, to books and information these days that will tell them how to self-help and, 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 and 10 steps to a better you. But what they really, I believe, what they're really longing for and what they really need is a church that's in tune with the Holy Spirit to know what we ought to do in order to reach the world around us. See, if we're not in tune with the Spirit and what's going on in our culture, and in the time we're living in, we could become totally irrelevant. See, not only, I'm not telling us to conform to the culture, but what I am saying is that the church needs to be in tune of what's going on in the culture around us. We can't turn a blind eye to what's taking place. And I'm going to preach just for a minute right here, and I don't mean to get controversial in the house this morning, but we need to be aware of what's going on in politics, we don't need to be silent about what's taking place in our local government. We don't need to be silent about what's taking place in our state government. We don't need to be silent about what's taking place in our national government and politics. The church needs to have a voice in po- because when, when, when issues that this word speaks about... See, it's not that necessarily that the pulpits of America today... Are preaching on political issues we're preaching on biblical issues that has just crept its way into politics and for some reason the church some churches and I'm I'm hoping never this church has felt the pressure to remain silent on such topics but if we are if we remain silent on such topics who in this world is going to speak the truth of the Word of God into the organizations into the cities into our councils Into our schools. Our church has to be relevant in these last days. Meaning we have to be full of the Spirit and in tune with the Holy Spirit speaking to the issues that that our culture is facing today. Here's the thing. I don't know who's trying to uh, connect to the Wi-Fi, but I didn't share the password with you. (laughs) What? I'm just playing. What is relevance? See, we've got to be... Relevant in these last days. What is relevance? Relevance is this. It's about having the message that the people around you need to hear to get out of their mess and into the glory of God. Period. Relevance is not about the the latest and greatest. Relevance is not about the 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 cool lighting system. Relevance is not about the this and relevance is not about you know, the, the, the logos and the, it's not about a lot of things that we think it's about today, but relevance is about having the right message for the right time that someone might hear this word and say, I know that something that is being said from this platform is true. And I believe that there is a God in heaven who cares about me. And I believe that if I truly confess my sins and give my life to him, I believe that he is faithful. I believe that he can turn my life around. I believe that his plans are better than my plans. I believe there's a God in heaven who's real, and I love him, and I want to give my, that's the message, that's the message the world needs to hear today. To get out of their mess and to the glory of God, that's what relevance is all about. Two questions, if our church ceased to exist, would this community miss us? if our church ceased to exist, would this community even take notice? Because if the answer to that question is no, then we're not being a relevant church. We're not even being the church, and I don't mean to get too harsh this morning, I actually came to have an uplifting message, but we really need to evaluate what we are doing in our community. Because if, all, if, 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 if the community, if we cease to exist, and, and, and the community didn't even notice it, then we're not really being the church that God has created us to be. All we have become is a social club for people to gather around and just jibber-jabber at what they went through this week. We're no, we're no different than a self-help group, support group, and I'm not minimizing support groups. But what I am saying is God has called the church to be more than just a a support group. God has called our church to be a light in this community. Another question, does our church exist for the people that are already currently in our church, or do we exist for the people that are not currently in our church? Because if we exist for the people who are not currently in our church, then we what 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 I'm asking is do we have an inward focused mentality or an outward focused mentality? Because there's a lost and hungry world. What I am what I'm I'm trying to lay the foundation to get somewhere this morning. There is a multitude that's starving. There is a multitude that is starving, they're hungry, they're desperate. Maybe they don't even know where to look. But what I am saying is that we can't always expect I believe the church has become, and, 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 and I know, not, not us, because we're perfect here. <laughs> but I believe the church has become this, this, this entity of where we're asking sinners to come to us. We're asking the lost to come to us. But it really, it should be opposite of that. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those, and see, no longer can the church just be a church that expects the lost to come to her, we need to be a church that reaches and goes to where the lost is in order to feed them and meet the needs of our community. Why is this so important in our church today? Because if we are not careful, we can develop a rapture mentality and not a preparation mentality. And I believe in so many churches, there's a rapture mentality. And I'm gonna gonna be honest with you, Look up because your redemption draws nigh. But how many of y'all has ever heard the phrase, we can't be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good? Because at the same time, we're looking up because our redemption draws nigh. The Bible says that we're to occupy until Jesus returns. And that word occupy means there's still a harvest yet to be reached. There's still lost souls that come on. As long as my neighbor doesn't know Jesus, we still have a duty. We still have a mission to do on the face of this earth. We should live today like he's coming today, but prepare like he's coming 100 years from now. We've got to have a mentality for the future. I believe that there's a lot of, help me God. There's a lot of churches today that has no vision for the future. They're only concerned about the here and the now. And and if I'm saying anything, I never want us to be a church that's only concerned about the here and the now. We've got to have a vision for the future. We've got to have a plan for the next generation. Yes, we could leave here today, but we've got to set the next generation up for success. The move of God is a multi-generational move. Look at the text we read today. You've got a young boy with five loaves and two fish, and you've got the disciples who has a connection to Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something right here. As a matter of fact, okay, I'm, I'm, Jayden, come here, buddy. I going to embarrass you this morning if that's okay. You've got a young man here who doesn't have a lot, but he's got a little. He's got five loaves and two, lo- uh, he's got five loaves of bread and two fish. And, and to the world that might seem insignificant, to the world that might not look like much, to, to the wise of the world, to what the world considers wise, that might not look like a whole lot. And the world might write him off because you just need to go sit down because, you know what, that, that, we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in need, and what you have is not enough to meet the needs. Stay right there. But then you have some disciples Come on, Brent, you sat on the front row today. You've got, I'll just, I'll just pick, pick three. You've got disciples who doesn't have the five loaves and the two fish, but they got a connection of knowing where to take the five loaves and the two fish. And see, what I'm saying to you is that the world may write this generation off will look at them and say there's no hope they don't have nothing to offer but what God is looking for is a church that will recognize the gifts the talents and abilities in this generation and say to the world it might look it might not look like much but little is much when God is in it and if we can just get this generation connected to the presence of God, miracles, provision, signs, wonders will break out. Revival will break out. Thank y'all. The world needs a church that knows how to connect them to Jesus. We can't look at the next generation and say there's no hope. They're useless, write them off. We've got to be a church with spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. As long as we have disciples that are only concerned with our four and no more, we will never tap into the potential that God has created us to tap into. As long as we have a church that's only concerned about standing around and talking about, help me God, talking about the good old days and how we long for the good old days. We're missing out on one of the greatest demonstrations of the kingdom that, that is happening right before I, I don't... I honor the good old days. I honor and I, I reverence what, what took place. But at the same time, I'm longing for something greater. I don't long for the good old days. I long for what God has in store for tomorrow because the plans that God has. But I believe the latter-day glory that God's pouring out on the church is greater than anything that the church has ever seen before in her life. I believe that the move of God and the demonstration of the kingdom that's taking place right now is a multi-generational move. It's happening in Alba, it's happening in Bright, it's happening in Grand Bay, it's happening in our campuses, it's happening in our universities. I'm ready for a church to get excited about it and open our eyes to it. Open our eyes. And say hey I got a choice to make I got a choice to make there's a generation out here they're hungry they got gifts they got talents but they need a church that says here it is you know what your gifts they're great but you know what they're they're, they're not as good as what they could be unless you're connected to the presence of God get connected to Jesus as long as the boy sits over in one place with his fish and bread while the disciples sit over there talking about how long they've been in church, the multitude is starving to death. The multitude is starving. And you've got a church that's just wanting to talk about how long they've been in church. And you've got a boy sitting over here with five loaves and two fish that don't know what to do with it. And if the generation stay separate... And divided all the boys gonna have is a lunch and not much at that and all the disciples are gonna have amen amen all the disciples are gonna have is an angry mob I don't know about you but I see a lot of angry mobs out in our world today and all the all the world knows how to do is cause an uproar and get angry and get mad about this and that, and argue and bicker over all these issues that they're facing today. And, and, what, and what's the church doing? What's the church? Church, what are we doing? There's a multitude, there's a harvest of souls yet to be reached in Mobile, Alabama that is starving for something real they're starving for something genuine they're starving for the presence of god and they don't even know it they're starving for a move of the holy ghost in their life they're starving for the chains of this world to be broken off of them for addictions to be broken off of them and we have the presence of god that can do it i can't do it church you can't do it but i know where to bring them i know where to take them Look, I can't do it. It's not the name of Justin has no power The name of Brandon has no power, but there's power in the name of Jesus If we can just give them Jesus church Connecting the boy and the disciples you create a miracle All the disciples would have had was an angry mob all the boy would have had was lunch But when we can get multiple generations involved, we will begin to function like God intended his kingdom to function this is really the power of multiplication taking place. When we get young, connected with the old, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is involved and you reach into the basket and there's provision. You keep reaching in, I wish I had a basket. Where's all the women that went to wild ones? Or women of fire? You keep reaching into the, gonna, I could make a mess in this place this morning. It would be bad if this was an old Kleenex box up here that had to reach in, reach in. There's power, there's provision. (laughs) Could you imagine Peter walking around distributing the bread and the fish and when he carried the basket, he was just like, well, you know, okay. This is going to run out eventually and and then he would reach back in there. Wow. Multiplication multiplication exponential provision I just want somebody to prophesy today that when we get the generations together in this church lack is not our problem we want provision we want a miracle we want God to provide then let's get the generations connected you know I I know I'm, I'm running over my time You know know why I like small groups so much? I'm not dissing Sunday school. I'm a product of Sunday school. Come on somebody, if you're a product of Sunday school, wave your hand. I grew up with the the little things, felt boards and and all that. You would, Moses and, and, you know, parting the waters and and it was the coolest thing ever. It's like, how does that thing stick up there? It's like, (laughs) I'm a product of Sunday school. But you know why I love small groups so much? Is it gets the generations connected. Yeah, we've got age-specific small groups, but you know what? We also got some small groups. You might have a 19-year-old in there with a 90-year-old. Come on, somebody. I don't know if we got any 90-year-olds in here or not, but close enough, close enough. amen? It sounded good. And when you get the generations coming together, provision, miracles. I had a, I had a uh, testimony come through this week that at a... At a, at a small group, a prayer meeting, small group, healing took place. Healing took place in a small group, in a small, in a home, in a living room. Pastor, I I don't know if I see it in these altars. It might happen in these altars. It might not happen in these altars, but it's happening in our homes. It's happening in small groups. What's millennials looking for today what's the next generation looking for the latest thing the coolest factor no the latest study shows that Millennials are longing for a sense of belonging a family a place to belong a place to say I belong here meaningful connections relationships To have a family you've got to have spiritual sons and daughters but you've also got to have spiritual fathers and mothers and I just want to ask y'all today who's ready who's ready who can say I'm actually ready to be a spiritual father spiritual mother because I want to see the kingdom of God demonstrated in my church in this church in my home in my family You see, the altar call today is very simple. It's this. If you're not connected to Jesus, you gotta get connected to Jesus. It all begins there. Without him, none of this is possible. I don't know how to get connected to Jesus, Pastor. It's okay, guess what? That's why you're here. Because salvation is in no other name. So all I'm gonna do Spiritually speaking, is just take your hand and I'm going to bring you to the one who can save you. Don't look to me. Don't look to anybody else in this congregation. Look to Jesus. But there's also something else that needs to take place in this church this morning. If you need God's power and provision in your life or in your family today, I believe that there's provision and there's power in the name of Jesus. There's provision. There's provision. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the older generation and we're going to pray over the younger generation. What we're going to do is we're also going to get the younger generation to pray over the older generation. Where's that line, pastor? Where's that gap? You be the decision maker on that. I'm not going to tell you you're old. I'm not going to tell you you're young, but I think we're all wise enough in here to understand which side of the line we fit on. Amen? If you have to come ask me and Go see Pastor Brandon. (laughs) Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.